Nikki Bazant, a nutritionist and food writer, joins us on the show. So if you've got a question for Nikki about what you're putting into your body, here's your opportunity. 0800 80 1080 or text 9292. We'd love to hear from you. And it's a very, very good afternoon. Nikki. Kia ora. How are you guys? We are great. Thank you. Good. How are you coping? I mean, it's been 10 weeks and counting. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, I don't know how to answer that question now, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, it's just, you just get on with it, don't you? And kind of, yep. I don't well, know. Well, it is interesting, <laughs> though. Okay. Like, no, you can even hear for someone like yourself who's unfailingly upbeat, there is an, a, a kind of like, we're really noticing it. There's almost this defeated feeling with folks that are in your situation. It's been such a long time in lockdown. <sighs> It'll be an interesting study yeah. in years to come, won't it, about how it has affected people? It will be, yeah. And actually, I, I remember last lockdown last year, I, I, I wrote a feature on it because I thought it was a really interesting. When the whole country was in level four and level three last year, it was a really unprecedented time, if you think about for scientists, to study mm. th- to mm. study like a whole huge group of people where, mm. they're, where they're completely controlled. Like we had no access to, um, you know, to takeaways or um, mm. you know, limited access to alcohol, all these different things. And, and, and there were a lot of studies done on the effect on people's mental health and their physical health and their exercise patterns and all those kinds of things. It's actually mm. really, really interesting. I don't yeah. know what's happening this time around, but I imagine there will be some. And for sure that mental health burden, I reckon, is a thing. The anxiety and the, um, just the, t- the sort of fatigue that sets in. I think that's the word. I, I tell you one other byproduct, which I really loathe, because I'm a pacifist at heart, is I, I really sense some tension. I mean, we broadcast the show in Christchurch in the South Island, of course, but our hearts absolutely are extended to you. And, and we've been in lockdowns. So we know what it's like. Don't know the length of time you're having to suffer through because it's almost unbearable. But there is tension now. I get even from some of our callers and texts, and there's almost like a tension between what you're enduring and the rest of the island. And I hate that because that's not the way it should be. Um, yeah, it's just it's just an awful, unfortunate byproduct of lockdown for you guys. Yeah, I feel that too. I have to step away from the news sometimes and just mm. the commentary and stuff because it's, it's it, a lot of it is very negative, and I feel like that yeah. doesn't help when you're in the, yeah. when you're in the middle of it. It doesn't actually help to hear yeah. someone complaining or talking about how it could be done differently or better or whatever. It actually doesn't help me. No, yeah. well, it's good to get your perspective because you're in the health and well-being industry, so appreciate that. So, Nikki, you're up for a few calls, I'm, I'm sure. 0800 80 10 80 is our phone number, or if you're not comfortable talking on the radio, fully understand that, just text your question to 9292, and uh, Nikki will endeavour to answer it. Annabelle, very good afternoon. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you. <laughs> Nikki, standing by. Perfect. Hi, Nikki. Um, I'm just wondering about the hype about coconut oil. Um, I've heard mixed reviews. Coconut oh, oil. That's such a, yes, coconut oil. That's such a good question. It's so interesting to me that this one keeps getting asked. I think coconut oil, I think coconut oil is a bit of a triumph of marketing. It is um, really popular and being promoted as, you know, if you Google it, you can see it being promoted as doing everything from helping you um, melt body fat to, you know, cure, yeah. just about cure cancer. It's it's really not a. S- oh, we've got a bad line there. You there, Nikki? So it's me. We've changed our mode of technology. Nikki is on the phone now. Hello, Nikki again. Hello. Oh, that's better. That's better. That's way better. Now, okay. Nikki, let's. We've had to release our caller Annabelle. She had to rip away. But your answer to the question of coconut oil solving all ills. Yes, okay. So as with almost anything that you might care to talk about, it's not a superfood. 
We know this, right? There's no such thing as a superfood. It's mm. a super diet. So um, adding coconut oil to your to your diet and assuming that that's going to cure all that ails you is not uh, a good approach. It's one of those oils that is really promoted as being um, incredibly healthful. It's really not. It is a it is a saturated fat. It's probably not as bad as but say butter and and even then I mean these things are it's all about balance right it's all about balance and the total overview of your diet so if you like coconut oil if you like to taste it and you like cooking with it or whatever then you know include a little bit of it in your diet as you might with butter um, but also have a good mix of other oils that you use as well and and don't use too much of any of them really good stuff let's whip back to the phones Anna good afternoon can you hear me? Yes, loud and clear. Uh, cool. Hi, Jordan and Nikki. Um, so sure. I am just curious. I take a collagen supplement in the mornings that has vitamin C built into it for absorption. I am wanting to know, can I add zinc to that in the mornings or will they, will they compete for absorption? Okay, I'm not a supplement expert and I have recently <laughs> had... Um, cause to interview a, a skin expert about this whole collagen thing because it's really popular. Um, and there is certainly quite a bit of debate about whether collagen that you take in the form of a supplement actually does make it through to you know your, where you want it to be, what you're taking it for, your joints and your, and your bones um, and your skin and things like that. So, I mean... I'm not going to give you an advice about combining supplements, but I would okay. say that, 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 that you may not have to worry too much about the minutiae of, of, the, of the collagen getting absorbed because probably not that much of it is. Okay, so it was, more, it was more whether the zinc would compete for, mag, for, if the zinc would compete for absorption with those supplements. Ah, okay, right. Um, I don't, I don't have any advice for you on that. I'm afraid that's not really okay. my area. Google yeah. doesn't really seem to help either. So um, I'll just come in an answer. Yeah, I mean it's so interesting with supplements. A lot of these products have quite a strong placebo effect, um, and that's true of all supplements. And I, I, I can say this because I've been doing some research recently on menopause, and there's a huge huge placebo response to menopause supplements, so up to 50%, in fact. So, you know, and that's not to dismiss it, and that's not to say that it's all in your mind at all. It's really more that, our, you know, the act of taking something often can have quite a, quite a strong effect on its own, and we don't always know whether the, whether the supplement is working or whether it's that placebo effect. It's kind of interesting. And a very good question. Thank you for that. Actually, mm. on that, uh, there's a text that says, Hi, Nikki, I'm suffering terribly with menopause. All the symptoms, sweats, fatigue, aching joints, lack of sleep, the works. I've had heart issues in the past, so I'm reluctant to take HRT. Um, I've had a hysterectomy. I've been taking Mino Lifev with very little effect. Can you recommend any alternatives? I'm at my wit's end, says Sue. I'm taking... Oh, gosh, um, yeah, Sue, I really feel for you. Um, and I, what I would say, the best thing that you can do, if you possibly can, is get yourself to a, to a menopause specialist, either a GP who specialises in menopause, of which there are a few around, or um, an endocrinologist, make an appointment with someone like that who can talk you through all the options because HRT might not be off the table for you. It might be if you've had those heart issues, but um, it's really, really worth just weighing up 
the benefits versus the risk because a lot of the time with HRT, the risks have been possibly over overstated or misunderstood. And you might be, because if you're having all those symptoms and all that trouble, it's really interfering with your quality of life and there might be more benefit than risk for you in your case. Interesting. Also very interesting what you're saying about supplements, Nikki, because mm. the jury is out. I was reading a really interesting story in The Listener about supplements and it's a multi, multi-billion dollar industry, isn't it? So many people believe they're doing the right uh, thing, but it's whether or not it's the absorption that you're talking about, isn't it? Yeah, and, and the thing with supplements too that we need to remember is that that's not really very regulated in New Zealand or in mm. fact anywhere in the world. I mean, basically, whatever what a supplement maker says is in their product or that their product does, and you notice there's a lot of careful language yeah. in the marketing around these things, may do this, may do that. No one is really checking that. Mm. No one is saying or checking that that supplement has what it says it does in it, and no one is checking to see if it does what it says it does on mm. the tin. So it's it's really a bit wild westy, that whole world, I think. Yeah, no, fair call. Right, we'll take one more question before the break. Matthew, hello there. Oh, kia ora. Kia ora. What's your question, uh, Matthew? Uh, my question is to, to Nikki. Uh, Nikki, um, I was in a car accident, well, like about uh, two decades ago, and I needed to get some uh, panel beating done on my head, a.k.a. some plastic surgery. And my specialist says to me for Whangarei that uh, I have to like stop smoking for three months. And unfortunately, I am a smoker. A terrible habit, I know it is. But how long do I have to um, stop uh, having no nicotine in my body before I can have an uh, operation? Because he reckons that um, nicotine um, affects your circulation or something like that with healing in that. Sorry if you can understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know the answer to that question specifically, but I do know that um, if yeah, any kind of surgery or um, you know medical treatment or anything like that, if you're smoking, it really does affect how well and how um, easily you recover. Mm-hmm. That's that's for sure. Um, so if you can get that um, get that smoking habit under control, it, or, or or you know even better, try and try and quit. Um, it's going to make your it is going to make your recovery much much better and your healing much better. Much, you know, it really is a risk factor smoking for any kind of um, surgery like that that you're having. Yeah, yeah. Good luck, Matthew. Hope that works out. Uh, we've got a uh, question from the text. What's your opinion on the OMAD diet, one meal a day? I've been doing it for three weeks now and lost about five k. Question is. Am I doing damage to my body doing this long term until I hit my goal weight? Oh, mad. Okay, I haven't heard of this one, one meal a day. Mm. Um, it's, it sounds like kind of a type of fasting diet, yeah. obviously, if you're, if you're limiting your, your eating. There is a bit of evidence around what they call time-limited eating, which, you know, it, you know, keeping your meals to a certain time frame, like there's that 16-8 kind of a thing, yeah. or there's other ones. You know, I have one meal a day, um, would certainly be one of those kinds of diets, and you are cutting down your your calories basically. You're, you're restricting how much you eat, mm. so you will definitely see weight loss from doing something like that. So if you're doing it, unless your meal is huge that you're having, yeah, you yeah. um, it, it, the thing that strikes me about that question is the person that says once they hit their goal weight. The thing with any diet, and it doesn't matter whether it's a one meal a day diet or any kind of other diet, is that once you hit your goal weight, you really, if you want to sustain that, you've got to keep going with yeah. the diet. 
Right, diet, yeah. You know, you can't just go on a diet and then go off a diet because we all know anyone who's ever been on a diet, right, knows what happens when you do that. Mm. You go back to your normal way of eating and the weight comes back on and usually with a bit extra um, because that dieting cycle is really unhealthy for us. So we probably want to um, want to avoid any way of eating or a diet or even if they say it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. Um, anything where you don't think you're going to be able to keep that up you know, long term, i.e. for the rest of your life, then you're probably not going to sustain benefit from it. So just try and think before you start those kinds of things, um, can I do this for a long time? Can I do this for my whole life? And if I can't, maybe I should try making small changes that I can sustain and keep going. And that will be better for you for the long term. Great. One more quick question on text. Uh, Hi, Nikki, says the texter. Any ideas on what my 15-year-old daughter should eat before and after rowing training? I guess there's lots of kids in this situation. She leaves home at 6.30 in the morning to train, doesn't want to eat before training. Then I wonder what she should eat before she starts school. She then trains again after school. I'd love your ideas, says Rose. Oh, wow. Yeah, so um, if she's, what's she doing? Rowing training. Yeah, rowing. Yeah, so, I mean, ideally, you'd want to talk to a sports nutritionist about um, specific stuff like that because kids who are doing a lot of hard training like that need a, need a lot of energy. Mm. Um, but you'd want to have some kind of sustaining, um, you know, s- substantial snack before training. I mean, and things that are, and for kids, if they're going from school, things that are portable are good, like bananas and, you know, um, milk drinks and things like that. Something kind of a bit hefty. Um, and then she'll be wanting to have some protein afterwards as well um, and some carbohydrate, obviously, before and after. So there's, right. a lot of, there's a lot of detail in the way that athletes eat and you know, I'd hope that um, they might be having a bit of nutrition advice at school on that. Very good. And last question from me personally, just a one answer, one word answer, Nikki. <laughs> uh, lollies or potato chips, which is better? Oh, this is for me personally. Good There's question. There's not a one-word answer to that. <laughs> well, it must be potato chips then. <laughs> it's which one do you feel like right now? Well, you know? I feel like both all the time, so I often combine them up. I'm just thinking <laughs> if I was going to choose one, which one should I choose? Uh, I mean, I'm... I, that, that. I can't answer it. It's, I mean, <laughs> right, that's fine. That's fine. I'll keep eating both then. And when I get yeah. fat, I'll call you. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> no, good stuff. Nikki, yeah. always good to catch up with you. Thank you so much for your expertise and your time. Oh, it's a pleasure. Go well. Bye bye.